Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Servant, Season 1, Episode 1. It is called Reborn, and this is another new Apple TV show. This is the one produced by M. Night Shyamalan. This first episode, maybe all the episodes, but this first one at least, is directed by M. Night Shyamalan as well. Uh, So... This is about a nanny uh, who's brought in to this this couple in Philadelphia, uh, who have got a nice big apartment, and they hire her. Uh, you know, the episode opens with her coming in, and the sort of the creepy element to this is that the baby's not a real baby; it is a sort of fairly realistic in a creepy way looking doll. It's got kind of a more realistic than you would expect. More realistic than a kid's toy. It's it's more. It feels like it's yeah. more effort's been put into it. Uh, yeah, it. It kind of feels like a movie prop. It, yeah, it does. I mean, I, I don't know if you actually get ones that are this realistic, but that, I, I'm okay with that bit of creative license to make it creepy for the sake of the the story. Yeah, yeah uh, sure. Um, and the, the, the way for the couple, uh, the way for the couple, uh, the, the ginge from Six Feet Under, <laughs> this is how I'll describe her, um, uh, Dorothy, played by Lauren Ambrose, she... she believes her child is real and uh, the husband is not the husband played by toby kebble who plays sean turner he he knows it's not real this is something to help her with her breakdown because they lost their kid you know about 13 weeks and she went very unhealthy after it and this has been a way to kind of nurse her back to health and we don't know how long it's going to keep this up um but we have this new nanny in who is there to help because the wife believes they need a nanny yeah because she's going back to work yeah, she's like a news reporter. She's like an on-screen, you know, yeah. on-location news reporter. So I, I, I thought it was weird that, you know, he, he works from home. He like does, he, yes. He's literally at home all day. So, yeah, we'll hire a nanny to, to, to look after it. Could get the husband to do it. I mean, I don't know. He needs to focus on his work all day, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean... If I'm thinking about it, if, you, if, you, if you're trying to focus on your work and he's like this like fancy home chef who does things for restaurants but also like his website or presumably or whatever like I, I guess it makes sense that it would be very annoying if you had to stop every two minutes to go and take care of the baby probably and they're, they're fairly well off like they look like they're fairly comfortable so they can afford to hire yeah. one yeah no they can because they, they say how much they're, they're paying it's like 900 a month and they're like and we got off easy this was cheap yeah, I could see that being cheap. I, I think the reason we get away with that is because it's a live-in nanny, so it's like, okay, we'll, we'll, you, you'll have to pay rent or anything, we'll pay you, and you've got a place to yeah. stay. Oh, exactly. We, so, you know, it, it's it's cheap in the sense of, okay, you know, overall for that. But it's still, okay, we, we can spend 900 on a nanny, you know, just, just to be there all the time. That's fine. Because 900 is not a lot for a full-time job a month. Not even. To, no, no, no. It is, not in, it is not a lot to receive, but it is quite a lot to pay out of pocket. After after your own wage, it was you know it's it's on you know on an average wage nine hundred a month being gone, is is a reasonable amount. Oh, yeah, but we've already established they're pretty wealthy. Yeah, wealthy yeah, no, wealthy people, uh, wealthy people do things like this. I mean, do you think real yeah. nannies cost this this little? No, no. My, my, I was using this as justification <laughs> of, as as to show how they are clearly wealthy. Okay, yes, they're very wealthy. I, I think the apartment shows they're clearly wealthy. I mean, yeah, but. TV logic on that can't be trusted. Let's be honest. Yeah, but this isn't like this isn't the friend's apartment. This is like a clearly rich person's apartment. <laughs> it is. Yeah, um, it has a wine cellar. Has a, it has a wine cellar and floors. Yeah, I mean, I'm calling it an apartment because it's in like a block of buildings. But I mean, it's really just a giant house. Yeah. Uh, so now, so that's the gist of the episode. There's obviously 
you know, I'll just say the nanny's kind of creepy, right? I'll just leave it at that for spoiler-free. Because uh, we're starting spoiler-free, of course, because it is the first episode, and we'll give you a warning before we go into any, any spoilers. Uh, so, Connor, we did watch the trailer for this, and we were kind of unsure what to think of it from the trailer. So, what did you think of episode one of Servant? It's okay. Um, I, f- I feel like it's kind of generic feeling. It, you know, it, the direction's... Yeah good enough there there were some you know very nice moments and shots in there the overall tone kind of feels pretty generic and the music in particular right from like the very first second it's just generic string stabs um that was that was bugging me because it was just straight away it, it was just this is your generic horror string sound um but i mean it's it's fine it's not terrible yeah i thought it was all right i i think uh you can play about the strings there, but I, I actually I'm okay with those sharp strings because I feel I feel like they're overdone in trailers. But for some reason, like I feel like generic horror movies more often don't use the sharp strings. They use the 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 slower, you know, more romantic, creepy. Okay. I don't mind the use of them. It was the problem for me that it was from the very very first second before there was anything creepy. It was just there, and like th- this bit doesn't need to have the creepy strings. Like this, this bit can be the normal bit, and then it can get creepy. The only part that bothered me about the start was the stuff before the title, because there was this like weird little, really fake-looking sort of like hallway, and like you see the sort of baby looking over the shoulder, like behind the, the yeah. door. Um, I thought that was a bit weird and kind of put me in a weird mood. However, once it actually started properly, I actually thought the direction really went a long way to make this feel like it had enough merit in it to sort of be worth watching, because it. It was very specific direction the whole time. There was a lot of like close-ups where uh, the, the the people were looking at the cameras. They did it was a very intentional in-your-face style of uh, shooting. You have um, the opening like few minutes of it make a point of not revealing the faces of the couple, especially the husband. They kind of hold back on that, and it gives it this kind of unique feeling. There's a lot of uh, as much as because it's, it's funny because the extreme close-ups come in after five or ten minutes but the first few minutes it's intentionally a lot of wider shots where you can't really make out faces that well it's very kind of far back and distant um i thought the direction was really really good to be honest but the, the only the only problem i have really with the, the episode because it, it's better than i thought it would be the trailer didn't really g- make me feel particularly hopeful it's a lot better than i thought it would be the only real issue i have with the premise of this is that even from one episode, and it's a short episode admittedly, it's 35 minutes, which is notable because the other Apple shows we've tried have all been a full hour uh, yes. that we've sampled. We, we did the first episode of C and the first episode of For All Mankind, and they were both a full hour. This was 35 minutes, which is nice. They're not, you know, I mean, arguably they could just have five, you know, hour episodes as opposed to 10, 30 something yeah, episodes. That, that won't fill out your weeks. That's true. And besides, I mean, who knows what the length of the rest of them are we've not checked so i mean it could be up and down it could be you know episode two could be two hours long for all i know but (laughs) i hope not but (laughs) it's it's almost certainly not yeah hey you never know too old to die young's trained me to be weary of that that threw us big time consistency but my only real complaint is that it does kind of feel like it might it might overstay its welcome in terms of its concept because it feels like something that's perfect for a 90 minute even two hour movie i'm not sure i'm convinced that a five to like say eight hour tv show um especially when this, this is not a limited series this is not this is something that's potentially going to have a season two if, yeah. if I, I think it's already renewed because imdb already have a season two page up for it so 
um i think there's going to be more and i get i got i got the feeling just watching this episode oh, i actually really like the pacing of this i like how it's teasing things out i i like the the way it's shot and again it's really just the way it's shot more than anything it's that's selling me on the moments you know it was the way it was presenting like how someone would look in a room or how someone would uh mm. interact with the, the fake baby or or whatever it was all the compositions that were working for me and kind of the starkness of it um it's just not doing anything super like you know original or i wouldn't say the writing's like amazing but i think it's it's serviceable enough for the the, the good direction which you know m night Shyamalan is capable of uh he is the question is is he directing all of it uh i mean i don't know i, I don't know um it's funny you talk about the, the pacing yeah, this was only 35 minutes or so mm-hmm. but i kind of thought it was a little bit too long in in a sense of for where we get to at the end which was uh I won't say, but it is a beat that that was kind of presented in the trail in the trailer. So if you've seen that, yeah, there are things that you you might be able to figure out. Okay, I'm not, not going to judge the show based on what was put in the trailer. No, 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 that's fine. Uh, it's not a, a problem with the beat itself. Uh, you know, we'll discuss because, that later. I mean, there's always the chance that Shyamalan has no control over what's in the trailer. Most directors don't. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. I'm not. Ju- I'm not actually judging the, the trailer here. I was just saying, you know, if if you've seen that, you might be aware of an element. Um, so that beat that you know that is revealed at the end of the episode, I feel like okay, that's the the big crook of okay, this is what we're here for now. That's what the show is, and I felt like I actually kind of took a long time getting to that moment. Um, that I, I felt like I was just kind of waiting for something for at least five or ten minutes out of the thirty-five. Yeah, I mean. Uh... I'll admit, right at this point, Rupert Grint's in here is like uh, the wife's brother. I thought it was funny how they cast like you know, someone else that's ginger <laughs> to to be the brother. Because when he first showed up, I was like, I wonder what one he's, he's the brother of. And I was like, oh, it must be her because he's ginger. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that'll do it. And both him and Toby Kebble are doing American accents. Um, to be honest, Kebble's never really stood out to me, so he's, which means he's done a good job. I think Grint, I don't know if it's just because I'm more familiar with his voice, but... It was stuck no, out I was to me a little bit. Saying that, that Kevils, it, it was fine. You, but like I say, Grint is someone who you kind of know what he sounds like pretty well, so you kind of notice it more. It's um, I, I don't know. Like, like I'm, I'm thinking of like like a, whenever Daniel Craig does does a, does an American accent, it bothers the hell out of me because I know exactly what he sounds like. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, or even these Harry Potter co-stars like uh, Daniel Radcliffe did an American accent. Is is pretty painful to listen to. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, that was the first because I'm pretty sure that movie Horns that, that came from the Joe Hill story. I'm pretty yeah. sure he's doing an American accent in that, if I remember right. And I think that was one of the first things that was like, oh, okay, that's a big hurdle for me to get over. <laughs> yeah, and some of them like are better than others. Some of them, it's not. It's not even that the accent itself is that bad. It's just you know it's wrong, so your brain just has this disassociation with it. Yeah, there's, it's kind of I don't know some people, some people, and I'm I'm thinking particularly British actors here. They do like kind of a whiny American accent. It doesn't sound natural. It sounds like a really put on whiny kind of version of an yeah. accent. It's the sort of thing where I always crack the joke that uh, Alexis Denisov, who plays Wesley on the hit television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and of course it's spin off Angel. Um, I always joke that his American accent, which is his real accent, because you know he's doing an English accent for the shows is that it sounds more fake than his English one. And that's because he has a naturally kind of whiny American accent, but I associate that with faking it. Because I feel like yeah. whenever a British person who's doing an American accent falls into 
something that sounds kind of off and generic, it tends to be the whiny one. No, I get that. Um, I mean, to be fair, there are some who do it like fantastic. I mean, Christian Bale is probably the best oh, example. There's, right? there's, there's, ton, there's tons of British actors who do great American accents. Cause no, no, but I think Christian Bale stands out as when people hear him in interviews, they go, hang on, he sounds like that. Uh, like even people who have seen you know a lot of his films will have oh, that sure. reaction and it, it kind of throws people where it just sounds wrong to to them right even though that's his natural accent right, but of course i mean there's, there's tons of british actors who do it and you don't even think twice about it just because they're oh, good yeah. at it um but there's definitely some that stick out and it was just i don't know grunt, grunt was sticking out to me a little bit in, mm. in the scene um no i was mostly pretty positive i mean i think um like his stuff uh, like, I'm sure. I'm sure his character will have a purpose. Uh, the more the more the story goes on. Uh, in this episode, it felt like it was just here's a scene with them to establish that he's around, uh, so that he can appear later, uh, more than anything else. But yeah, the- I think I think it bothers me as as a pointless scene when he was mentioned earlier, like as you know, the, the, as the brother you know was mentioned. So it's kind of okay. We know that the brother is in play. So uh, having a scene actually having him there just felt like a bit redundant. In yeah. this episode, when he didn't have anything to do, that's fair. But I, I like the pacing of the rest of the episode, though, because I thought the slow pacing of the you know all the little things like um, you know Toby Kebble going around and like you know making food and hearing something weird or or seeing something a little bit weird or all these little moments are kind of like it's kind of the point of the show. Like, if you're not here, if you're not here and going to enjoy the the creepy build, because that's what ninety percent of this show is going to be is the build. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of building and there'll be payoffs. There's a little payoff at the end of this episode. There'll be payoffs. Presumably maybe at the end of every episode, but there'll definitely be a big one towards the end. Like that's what the show's going to be. So it is definitely a horror show. I mean, I it think is, yeah. it's, it's very clear that this is a horror show. Uh I mean, right to the start, as you say, it maybe makes it too obvious, but I kind of appreciate how stark the style is. It doesn't feel to me like a lot of the crappy movies that me and Tim do. It feels like it's a bit more uh artistically focused and by that i just mean that there's someone who had a vision and is like okay i'm going to do this you know for whether you like it or dislike it it feels like there's a there's a passion behind it i can feel some passion yeah i don't disagree with that um did you check if he was directing the rest I'll, uh, he's not done episode two so he's not done all ten so okay so maybe he's doing just the last one if any others after this possible i mean i, I mean they may all be here i don't know uh yeah. no nah, it's only the first three i've got the information for Okay. Well, I mean, it's a little disappointing in the sense of okay, if that's the big hook of you, you agreed the direction is probably what makes this better than average. It's the best, the best part about it, and which to, to be fair with the horror genre, that often is what makes a good horror movie. Usually, it tends to be the best thing about a good horror movie is the direction. It does, yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree with that. Which just not that I'm saying okay, no, all the other directors are going to be bad. They might be very good directors. But there is just a concern in the back of my head that, okay, are they going to match up to it? Or is it going to feel like a step down? Like like we often see in TV shows with the, f- the first episode as a guest director and it sets the tone and the style. But then after that, it does often feel like a step down, even though they're trying to emulate the, you know, the, the style. Yeah. Um, very quickly find out they'll be watching episode two. Um, which is there it's worth mentioning the first three episodes all went up uh, together and then they're going to be weekly from then on so uh, which seems to be Apple's model barring the odd, odd show where they put the full thing up do you know if they're sticking with Thursdays uh, for Eric because obviously all their other shows you know before launched on a Friday and I assume they've been dropping Fridays I don't I've not really been keeping up with them 
Um, obviously, the, these have dropped on a on a Thursday, which is uh, different. Uh, most of these streaming show services like the Friday day, whatever, for whatever reason. Yeah, it's just sticking with Thursday. Hmm. Okay. Um, so we'll give a spoiler warning then, I think, just so we can talk about what's in the in the show. But anyway, if, you, if you're interested in a horror show uh, with a sort of slow build, I, I would recommend checking it out. I think I think it's w- worth doing that for. Uh, but we'll move it to spoilers, although just before we do that, I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers of David Short, Alison M. Fordyce, Cindy Palacios, Tyler Hess, and Talking Superman. They're our Patreon producers for the month of November 2019. And thank you to all them. That means that they are $20 or up on patreon.com slash TV, where you can go and support us for as little as $1 per month and get some bonus items, some cut-out tangents, some bonus episodes of some of our movie podcasts. $5 and up, get you voting rights on some of the movie shows, uh, some early content and things like that. So go and have a look and see if you're interested uh, and keep all the content coming uh, with support. But uh, full spoilers then for Servant. So the big thing is at the end is that the the fake baby turns into a real baby uh and this is the big shock for uh for toby kebble's character because obviously for you know we start the episode the nanny shows up and she's kind of quiet and he kind of comments on this she's a bit quiet and weird and we see that she's kind of religious she's praying and he you know like because he's, he's getting bottles of water for him and his wife and he's like oh, i'll get a third one and you know give it to the the new person in the house and there's like a one small suggestive moment here where the camera kind of sort of goes up our, our body a little bit as if he's maybe kind of thinking of her in a sexual way. Um, yeah, I thought that was a weird moment in the sense that every other moment of the show is very much he's not interested. Hmm. It's, it's the way it kind of it plays it, except this one beat here where it, it is the opposite. Well, no, it kind of works because later on uh, the wife... Uh, when he's being kind of critical of her and like sort of voicing his concerns of her being too religious and kind of weird... Uh, the wife has this really sort of like, uh, sort of really, really sort of abrasive line where she says, oh, you're just mad that there's like a, a, a hot young, or there's a young pussy in the house that you're not interested in. Uh, so I almost took like his moment of like checking her out was kind of him sort of like, am I interested? <laughs> and then sort of realizing that he's okay. not, you know? Um, I, I think I can... I can buy that. I didn't. I don't really get that from his reaction at the end of that shot to to tell me that no, he's not interested. Because when he walked away, you know, he he just did like, decided not to interrupt her because she was she was. Praying. Yeah, but it's not like he was smirking because he was into her either. It wasn't like. No, no, it wasn't. I, I feel like it was very non-committal in in the sense that it it didn't really do anything one way or the other. But it didn't do anything after he he clearly you know he, he had the look that he was checking her out as you know talk about with the camera, and there was nothing for him that that, that was like that you know maybe think that he wasn't interested after that because you know there was no reaction from him i mean i don't know if it needs to necessarily fair enough i don't know if it needs to um but you know throughout the episode like because the first real creepy thing with her is is that she has you know because the wife leaves for work the first time she's leaving the next day and he's like okay i suppose we need to talk he says to uh nell tiger free the nanny what's her name uh leanne says to leanne okay we should probably talk about this right and he explains the 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 backstory of the show and why like we've got this fake baby and basically we don't know how long this is going to last but you're paid for a month you're going to be here for at least a month so uh you know it's 15 minutes to the city you can you can go and have fun like you don't have to do anything while she's not here Uh, you don't have to like keep the charade going but she keeps like rocking the baby the fake baby (laughs) and seems to also think it's real um yeah she is very much kind of in on it from the start it becomes clear as it goes on 
Yeah. Um, and she's always concerned. There's, there's, there's a great moment later on, because we, we see at one point, when he goes into the room early on to look at the baby, he kind of picks it up by the leg and lets his head hit the, the, the crib. And obviously, just to sort of establish that it's fake, right? This is the first time it really reveals it to us. Even, yeah. I mean, we know it's the concept. If you've seen the trailer, you, you know what it's about, but... If you'd gone in blind, this was your your reveal. Yeah, and then later on, he kind of throws it down, and his head hits the stairs, and like Leanne's at the top of the stairs watching this, and it's it's almost like she's caught him abusing a child, but obviously he's like, oh, it's a, it's a doll. It's a doll. Who did the shit? Whatever. Um, he does seem to be overly aggressive with it, like he's going out of his way to be a dick to, <laughs> because he's mad about it. But um, yeah, I, I think he just kind of is a bit bitter about the entire situation. Yeah, he's resentful that he's having to go through this charade, that his wife just can't get over. Because, and there's the, there's a bit where he says, you know, they've not even told anyone that the that the baby's died, so he probably hasn't had a chance to, to mourn. Well, we see that early properly. on, because that, that scene where he, he first picks it up out of the crib, he actually starts weeping in the corner. So it does give us a sense that he is not a completely stoic asshole, that there is, like, some emotion in there. Yeah. Um, which is cool. Um, but he finds like that Leanne's like leaving these like talismans that she's making. These religious sort of talismans. Uh, there's yeah. one in a drawer and then later on he finds one over the baby's crib. I, I assumed it was the same one that she just hung up. It may be, yeah, maybe. Because I, 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 it's I, kind of like a a patchwork cross. It was giving me Wicker Man or Blair Witch vibes, to be honest. Yeah, it was, it was, but it, it was definitely shaped into a cross. Um... And at the end of the episode, he goes in, and the baby's real. So, you know, so, it's, so there's kind of a double. There's a sort of mini twist in that she seems to think the baby's real as well, which is really weird and creepy. Um, and then the big twist at the end is that no, no, the baby is real. And of course, there's the the argument that somehow he's going crazy, right? And you know that that'll be a possibility. You know, at least until we're given evidence to suggest otherwise. But at least right now, I'm thinking it's entirely possible that he's losing it. <laughs> and yeah, it's fifty fifty, right? Yeah. Um. Or this 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 Leanne is actually part of like a witchcraft cult or something and has turned the baby real through her dark magics and that's also possible or some such variation of and there we go it's, from it's there. interesting that it does feel so witchcrafty with her given that yeah you know, and, and we're talking about you know, she's very religious she's literally praying you know it's it's it's, it's the Lord's prayer she's that she's there and it's it's not I wouldn't say normal it's very kind of like middle ages religious is, is oh, how yeah. it feels uh, which is probably why it feels witchy in that sense yeah because they want to have a toast uh after she settled in to celebrate that she's arrived and she's like i'm 18 and they're like oh yeah of course you know and they feel kind of awkward uh, that, i'm not gonna lie that took me a few seconds it's like yeah and and i was like oh yeah 18 like, <laughs> i was like never mind Yes, yes, different country, different drinking age. Um, yeah, yeah. I just, I completely forgot for a second, and it said it. I was like, "Yeah, and what's the problem?" And I was like, "Oh, okay." And then the funny thing is, is that yeah, I mean, like, I feel like it's probably pretty common for adults to give eighteen-year-olds booze. <laughs> it's still, so it's still kind of a weird line coming from her. It still paints her as kind of a weirdo. Um, uh, at least the way she does it. Like, I mean, I'm someone who's never drank, so if you know, whenever I'm offered a drink, I say, "No, I'm good. I don't drink." Um. But, like, the way she sort of sits there kind of it's, morbidly and goes, uh, I'm 18, and just stares at them. As it, if... it feels like moral righteousness. Yes. It's like, no, no, I'm 18. You should not be doing this. Well, yeah, because he complains, like, a minute later to her in private that he doesn't want to feel judged every time he has a drink uh, in the yes. house. Um, which, I'll be honest, someone saying I don't want to feel judged when I have a drink is usually a good sign that you're probably at least bordering on alcoholism. I don't know, because <laughs> it presents that he'll... 
you know, he's, he's doing his job, he's, he's cooking, and he'll get a glass of wine to go along with it. Mm. I don't think that's bordering on alcoholism at all. I think that's, that's pretty fine. No, no, no. I never made a comment based on anything he actually does. It was just based on his line that he doesn't want to feel judged for having a drink. Him feeling in to say that implies that there's something to judge. No, no, I get that. I think it's, it's, that's from the feeling that he's getting of, of from her, like the idea of, mm. oh no, you know, drinking is bad. So even just having one in the day would feel like she would be judging him. I get uh, it. No. I think there's something here. He's feeling insecure about it now. I don't think he is because he also says, "I don't want to. F- I, I don't want to feel weird when I when I jerk off it when she's in the house." Oh, this was a great exchange of dialogue, uh, where the wife says, "Don't you dare jerk off while she's in the house," and he's like, "Watch me." <laughs> no, to, to be fair, to be fair to him, she's living there. She's going to be there all the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean. There's a point where he's like, "Well, I'll just send her." You know, you know, she's going out of town anyway, right? Is is what he's thinking at this point? Oh, sure, yeah. But uh, even, even if she didn't know, like, 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 what's she supposed to? Do? She's there all the it, time. It's his house. Yes, there is no, nothing wrong with him going into his bedroom or his office, wherever he wants to. His man cave. We know he's got a man cave because it's mentioned when she's getting a tour of the house. There is yeah. nothing wrong with him going in there and knocking one out. No. <laughs> but again. He feels like he has to be judged. And you're saying, oh, no, that's fine. So so is having the drink. He is not being insecure. No, because he doesn't say he's going to be judged for jerking off. I'm pretty sure, does he? I'm pretty sure he does. Because I don't, I don't want to feel judged by do it when he's doing that. I like he phrases it the same way, but... Whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean... I don't know. Well... <laughs> What do you want from me? Um, I want you to admit that you were wrong. Nah. Nah, I'm not wrong. Nah, I'm not wrong. It's fine. He's got a drinking problem. It's okay. Um, I mean, to be fair, we literally see him have like a bottle of wine every time he's cooking. I don't think he has a whole bottle. <laughs> hey, he hey how, do you, how do you know at the end of this episode the reason why he's seen a baby is just because he's not blind drunk? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We don't know that, I will grant you, but we only ever see him pouring a glass. We don't see him refilling it. We, there, there is, I think if that was trying to be insinuating that, okay, maybe he's blind drunk, we'd see him refilling the glass a couple of times to make that point. Oh, but I get your point, but here's the thing. If they show him, and I'm not seriously suggesting the reason why he's seen a baby then is because he's drunk, but here's the thing. It doesn't matter if logically you can explain it. If in the filmmaking it's showing you him pouring a glass often enough, it feels like a lot, even if you can logically say, well, it's actually all these different times, so there's nothing actually wrong with it. But it does give us the impression he's drinking a lot. I disagree. It gives you the impression he drinks routinely. There is a difference between routine Oh, no, these are, this is semantics. No, no. You're, you're arguing with now just for the sake of argument. You know fine well that if you show something often enough, and when I say often enough, I mean three times. The rule of threes. If you show something three times in the space of an episode, and we definitely see him pouring three different glasses of wine in this episode. Yeah. Right? Although we do, we do see him pour one down the sink as well, to be fair. We do. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um... Could, could, I mean, that could have been his fourth of the ball. I mean, for all we know. But... I mean, I'm pretty sure he he tried it and changed his mind and went, Do you know what? That's not going to work with this meal. And then he went down and picked out a white instead of a red. Yeah, probably. Yes. Yeah, pretty sure that's exactly what happened. 
Mm, yes. Um, so, you know, uh, we also can't gloss over the other weird scene in which um, Leanne milks... Uh, uh, what's her face? Uh, Dorothy. Dorothy. Dorothy, the uh, the wife. Because um, she's having pains. Yep. She's having pains. Um, I can't remember what she called it, but it's, it's basically... Sorry, say it again. Mastitis. Yeah, basically, you know, I mean, I, I got from context what it was. It's just this, uh, you know, she did give birth, so obviously she is still producing milk. Um, but it's not being used. So she just comes in and starts, you know, milking her, basically. And there's, there's a great shot in this scene of, like, just some of the milk sort of clouding the water. Like, mm. it's just a shot of the water. Uh, very, very creepy, very surreal scene. Uh, very intimate. And for two characters that really shouldn't be this intimate you know i i think it plays as extra weird because we see her you know doing this earlier um with with, you know with the husband's in in the room with her you know he sat over on the toilet and they're talking and he's just like oh will you stop playing with your tits Uh, and she's like no no no, i'm I'm actually you know doing something here there you know i'm sort of out there's something wrong and he doesn't offer to do you know to hell he just stands there and you know sits or sits there and just carries on whereas she makes an effort to try and help which is you know the complete opposite. Yeah, this is kind of like Virgin into Tully territory, where uh, not that I think it's going to go the same way as Tully, uh, but like the idea that like the nanny's there to fulfill like everything the wife needs that he is kind of letting go. I I think ultimately this show is going to be about how the death of a child has is kind of broken down their marriage and their relationship, and how you know he's more concerned with her just getting better so they can go back to normal because he's sick of this, as opposed to actually trying to help her and trying, yeah. you know, like, be there for her for all these little things and be understanding of what she's going through. Um, and likewise, maybe we'll sort of discover throughout the show as well that she's not really been there for him in similar ways. Maybe we'll see it's, it's kind of an equal-sided kind of breakdown on, on their behalf. Because, you know, because like I say, we see him weeping and we know she's going through a lot because she's seeing a real baby where there is, isn't one. Yeah. Um, and Unless it tries to play some sort of weird twist where it was real the whole time and he's the crazy one because he's... I mean, I can't because the brother also mentions it. But you know what I mean, like. Yeah, I was gonna say. Otherwise, that would, you know, the scenes where he just kind of ragdolls it around. <laughs> it's very vicious in hindsight. Yeah, very dark for dark scenes. If that that turns out to be the case. Um. So you know, I like. I I think most of it works because it has a creepy tone. I think the direction's pretty solid, and. Uh, the twist is interesting, and like if, if the whole episode, next episode, is the baby being there for real, and he's like freaking out because like what's going on, like yeah, I think my my biggest fear of what it what it would do is, you know, we'd open it kind of on this this same beat, you know, it's real, and you know he go you know he goes like oh, you know, can't handle this, goes out of the room, comes back, and oh look, it's a doll again, and we have to do it all again. Yeah, that would, that, that would be the boring the choice. I think the most interesting choice is to spend at least a full episode before it goes back to being a doll. Like, spend a full episode where, like, he's hearing it cry, and he's hearing different things. Because there's, there's one moment where he's down the wine cellar where he thinks he hears something for a second, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and she put the baby monitor in the kitchen. Yeah. Um. So, no, I mean, again, I, I think it could actually be exploring some pretty, you know, deep stuff, some deep character stuff. Uh, through the guise of this horror story, which is nice. Uh, so no, cool. Um, as for whether or not we'll review any more of this, we'll see. We'll see how much of the interest is there. Uh, for episode one, uh, you know, see how many people watch it, listen to it. Um, let us know in the comments if you if you want more. Um, but that is episode one of of Servant. So, um, that is Apple Apple TV Plus's new new show. Um, so 
still getting used to saying their stupid name. <sighs> what uh, a mouthful. So, yeah, so let us know what you thought of the episode in the comments below. Like and subscribe, all these usual things. You can help us out, of course, by rating the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Uh, fitting, we're on, you know, Apple Show, Apple Podcasts, you know, go, go for Synergy. Go there, rate us five stars, give us a review, helps us out, lets more people find us. Uh, you can support us financially, as mentioned earlier, with patreon.com slash TV. Uh, so go do that. Get us on Twitter at mail underscore fudge for channel updates. Uh, check out other shows we're reviewing. Uh, right now, the big stuff is Mr. Robot and Watchmen um, and Mandalorian, so go check out those. Uh, but that's us, so thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla? <laughs>